0: Ever wonder how a Comic-Con comes together? Here are two guys that know, because it's what they do every day. It's the Con Men Podcast. Now for another mediocre podcast attempt, it's Greg Adams and Puff. It is the Con Men Podcast. Uh, Greg Adams on this side, and Puff is over there. Hello. We're in uh, this... Random dark room. Dungeon again, not our normal spot. We actually, I think we probably could have got to the normal studio.
1: Probably today because there's a lot of people out, but uh, this one was open and we didn't have to fight with anybody.
0: Yeah, this was the fastest uh, way to get in. So uh, as always, we update exactly, well not update, but like we tell you what we're doing here. Uh, We are a podcast about Comic-Cons, about creating a Comic-Con, running a Comic-Con, being a fan of a Comic-Con. Uh, And general geek stuff. Because we're nerds. We are. I'm not going to argue that in any way. Uh, We help run GeekedCon, which is Shreveport's Comic-Con in Shreveport, Louisiana, every August. Uh, And so what we decided to do was to take some of the stuff we've learned over the last few years and some of the stuff we're learning on a daily basis and basically talk about it where other people who are either running Comic-Con type events or thinking about running them or attend them or are just general fans of them uh, to give those folks a little bit of a an inside look at what it is that we're doing. Maybe it'll help some people. Maybe it'll just educate some people, but we're uh, also kind of just having fun doing it too.
1: Yeah. And, and some of this stuff doesn't even apply to, uh, to just Comic-Cons. Like Talking about social media, which we've done on numerous occasions and I think is the topic of the day. You can apply that, maybe learn how your Facebook page works on a personal level. If you run a business, it might help with that. Or if you know you're a cosplayer trying to start a little cosplay group or whatever, it might
0: help you with that. So lots of lots of information you can apply in multiple ways. Uh, that's 100% accurate because that is that's what's on the list to talk about today is social media. Um we, I think, have been relatively successful with our social media for our event.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we started with a with zero. I remember creating the page before we even had an event. We just were trying to get the page up so we didn't forget it. And we had, like, it was pretty incredible, actually. I got to give the Shreveport folks a big high five. We literally created a page without any details because we had zero details. And it got, like, five, 600 likes in a matter of hours hours with nothing no yeah. photos, no info it was just
0: a name that said Geekcon Shreport. And, so And from there we've grown now and I'll get to this the point about these numbers but I know that everyone is always infatuated by total numbers on Facebook pages. We've got over yeah. 10,000 on ours now uh, which is a good number but it's not exactly the number that you're going to be looking for. Uh, and I've got a lot of statistics to back up a lot of this research. We've got a lot of trial and error on our part. Uh, Puff is also our digital managing editor here in the office. So uh, if I ever say anything while I'm going through all this stuff that, that doesn't make sense or that you want to expound upon, use your vast knowledge to cut me off.
1: we Will do. I love cutting <laughs> you off. This this is going to be my favorite episode ever, I think.
0: So the, the point that we wanted to talk about today was that there are a lot of Comic-Cons, and like you brought up, there's a lot of... Cosplayers and uh, agencies, and a lot of people involved in this industry who are marketing through Facebook, uh, and there are people who are going to listen to this podcast who who own a business or work at a business, uh, and they're also marketing through Facebook. It seems like everyone's trying to market through Facebook, and everyone's being marketed to on Facebook. So- Absolutely. And
1: before we even get started on this subject, I know there's a lot of people out there in the universe that operate under the assumption that, well, people are moving away from Facebook. It's not as popular as it used to be, which may be the perception, but that's not the actual truth. It's still the biggest traffic driver on the internet. And I I know you have the numbers in front of you, but it's still one of the fastest growing
0: uh, social media platforms or media platforms really. On planet earth so it is the fastest growing social media on a daily basis and it's one of the biggest websites on earth it's the third largest website on the planet in fact there are six new facebook profiles every second there's 500 new profiles a day
1: yeah i mean i mean so the the just starting from the very beginning of this conversation if you're operating under the assumption that I need to put a lot of resources into Twitter or Instagram or whatever because people are moving away from Facebook, that is a mistake right off the bat.
0: And, and I'll talk about that a little bit uh, later, too, because there are benefits to some of the other social media platforms, but we oh, can yeah. explain how, the, how each of them play off from one another. But uh, like you brought up, if, if we talk about just the numbers of Facebook – of American adults are on Facebook. Yep. That's a a gigantic number. I think as far as media goes, the only one that really beats that is radio where it's like 92%. Yeah. I think it's above 90. It's always been above 90, but like TV, it, that number has dropped substantially because so many people have cut the cord, uh, online. It's really difficult to find somewhere beyond Facebook or Google that have those type of numbers. So that's a giant number. And like you said, with a lot of people who feel like uh, people are moving away from Facebook, the biggest demographics on Facebook right now, millennials are number one, Gen X is two, boomers are three, and teens are also on that list. And they have seen a pretty substantial growth rate. Uh, 51% of teenagers 13 to 17 years old use Facebook daily. Yeah. I mean, so...
1: If you're trying to market something or promote something, not, not necessarily just a business, but your group or whatever, you got to be where the people are. And Facebook
0: still is where all the people are. And, and yes, teens do use other social media platforms mm-hmm. more than Facebook. Uh, could you guess? I know you're a, you're, you're a digital managing editor. So could you guess? I'll even give you all of the social media platforms ranked, and then we'll see if you can guess what the number one is. Uh, Facebook, of course, mm-hmm. Snapchat, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Where are most teens on a daily basis?
1: I want to say Snapchat, but that may have fallen off, is
0: it? Well, Snapchat is actually high on the list. Snapchat is number two. number one though is YouTube. Ah hmm. the kids are on YouTube more than anything and then Snapchat, then Instagram and then Facebook. So even though Facebook is lower down that list, you're still getting 51% of 13 to 17-year-olds using Facebook in addition to the crazy large numbers of everything else, which is why even across that landscape of all of those social medias that I just talked about, and you can even throw like Google Plus in there because yeah. Google's not servicing it anymore, but there's still activity on it. Yeah, And there's true. still like a shell of a MySpace that's left. So there's still some people out there. But even with all of that, Facebook is the number one traffic driver.
1: And, and remember, there's a reason Facebook bought Instagram. They basic they Instagram works seamlessly on Facebook. Facebook doesn't necessarily transfer to Instagram. But those people that are used to be at 100% on Instagram all in are now uh, 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 more
0: active on Facebook because they, it works so well there. Now, even with all of that, we're we're talking about how great facebook is as far as social marketing social media marketing goes but it's it's not the greatest way it it's not the holy grail of marketing there is no silver bullet which is maybe the point and and we have a better grasp on that than i think a lot of people uh because we have such a multi-pronged we work for a big media company yeah and so we can see the digital marketing the radio marketing the video marketing uh, we have an opportunity to be, and the live events marketing, we we have an opportunity to see all of these aspects. So measuring them against one another, we have a better idea of what it, what really works versus what doesn't. And and I will always tell people, I, I've had a lot of friends uh, in this industry and a lot of uh, people online when, when they just ask, what's the best way to market your Comic-Con? I always tell them it's a shotgun approach. Absolutely. You don't want to just do only Facebook. You don't want to do only social media. You want to do traditional media, digital media, and maybe some off the wall street team type stuff too. There's, there's no way that you can carry an event As successful as the event could be, strictly on Facebook. I
1: I always tell people, don't put all your eggs in one basket because that never works no matter what you're trying to do. Whether it's marketed event, uh, go on a date, whatever. You you don't want to try one approach 100% because if you don't vary it up and are in multiple streams, you're limiting yourself and hurting yourself.
0: And if you're thinking that, you know, well, our event just does Facebook and we do fine. That's cool. But... If you're only doing Facebook and you're doing all right, if you went above just Facebook, think about how much better you could be doing. So just in general terms, the average American sees 3,000 advertisements per day. Yeah, You might not realize they're advertisements. You might not understand that seeing a billboard is an advertisement or the pre-roll video on a YouTube is an advertisement. Somebody telling you something in person is an advertisement.
1: Oh, well, yeah. And and if you listen to a podcast or a radio show where they do, quote unquote, live reads where, you know, Bill Burr's sell- talking about me undies or whatever. Or they're
0: selling you some brain pills. Yeah. Th- that's an ad.
1: Infowars.com. But <laughs> those things are advertisements. Sometimes they, advertisements can be fun. They can be engaging. They don't have to sound like advertisements, but it's still a sales pitch. And it's still an advertisement. A
0: movie trailer is a sales pitch. Absolutely. So every time you see a movie trailer, even if you are just one of those people who uh, go through YouTube and just watch a bunch of movie trailers, you're you're actually personally choosing to go view advertisements. Which, as much as people say they hate ads, it's always funny around Super Bowl time where people go out of their way to watch advertisements. Oh yeah, people it- don't hate ads. People hate bad ads they hate bad content that doesn't just go for ads either that's movies and comics and books and anything they hate bad content if the content for your ad is good they'll love it they'll share it they'll talk about the old spice guy the most interesting man in the world will actually become an icon yeah like if the content in the ad is good people don't hate it and if it sucks that's when
1: uh people start burying your business or your brand or whatever the case may be
0: But let's get back to to Facebook as a whole. And when somebody's thinking about marketing something on Facebook, the best suggestion I can give to somebody, even if you're just making a post on your brand's page, take a step back for a second and think about it through your own life. Think about, is this something that I would want to see? Is this something I would click on? am, Am I putting out an ad that I personally know I'm doing it just because I feel like I have to do it, even though I don't see a value in it, like then don't do it.
1: Well, you see all my emails because I'm basically in charge of a bunch of content creators. And what's the one thing I always preach? If it's something you're going to engage with, it's probably worth putting out into the universe, right? Because, well, if you're interested in it, there's probably more than just you that would be interested in X content.
0: And- We'll get to the, some of the content traps, because there is a content trap when it comes to that, and we'll talk about it uh, a little bit further down the road. Um, but that's, that's the first line of defense, is, is this something I would click on? Uh, because what it comes down to is, think about how many friends you have on your Facebook page. How many, do you know how many friends off the top of your head you have on Facebook? Like 700, 800, something like that. Yeah. Uh, the average person is 338. The average person has 338 friends on their Facebook. How many pages have you liked? Oh, God, I don't even know. A lot. Let's say that the average person has 338 friends on their Facebook page. Let's go ahead and say that they've, a super conservative number, let's say that they've liked 162. Mm -hmm. Let's make that number a nice even 500. They have 500 content streams that are coming at them on a daily basis. So of those 500 content streams, if each one of your friends posts three times a day, again, let's make this even, five times a day, five posts a day from all your friends, that's over 1,500 Facebook posts. Yep. Now, if each page you like also does five posts a day, that's another 700 Facebook posts. So now you're wading through all of this Facebook content, all of these posts, There's no way you could see them all. Even though the average Facebook user is on for 38 minutes a day, if you had thousands, and that's just assuming that you don't have those hyperactive friends who are going to post like 30 things in a day. If you've got thousands to go through, and the Facebook algorithm too, it's going to show you stuff from yesterday and the day before and some stuff from last week. Yeah. The reason that Facebook's algorithm exists I know a lot of us like to say it's all because Facebook wants to make money. It's all because Facebook wants to force you to buy ads. They want to force you to boost posts. That is partially true, but what it ultimately comes down to and the reason they introduced EdgeRank and the reason they came up with an algorithm in the first place is because they want to get rid of boring and bad content. Because if you have 1,500 posts to get through in a day and all you see are posts that you have no interest in. They're posts that are boring or lame or nobody's ever going to click on them. Why would you ever stay on Facebook? Exactly. You leave
1: and find another place where you get what you want. But, uh, you know, so
0: I get why Facebook does what they do. It just makes it a little bit difficult on some of us. It does make it more difficult, but if you can start to hone in on what good content is for your brand, Mm -hmm. then it'll be a lot easier for you. Now, uh, uh, th- somebody will have to probably pause this podcast and maybe come back to this point when they get to look at their page. But there are some numbers that actually can show you whether your page is doing well or not. The average reach per post on a page on Facebook is 5.5 percent. That's the average. So if you have a 100 people, again, we're going to do small, easy numbers. If you've got hundred people who like your Facebook page, you put a post up, the average is going to be shown to five or six people. That's it. That's, that's the average, which means some are doing a little bit better. Most are doing worse. Then the average engagement is only 3.6%. So if you've got hundred people on your page and you put up a post, only four of them are going to engage with that post on average. So again, going back to that big number, we can say, yeah, our Facebook page has 10,000 people on it. Those 10,000 people aren't going to see or interact with most of our posts. Yep. Because Facebook will limit it. It's going to limit it based on the algorithm, and it's going to limit it based on they do want us to pay. So it is twofold. It's not, I, I don't want to eliminate the idea that Facebook wants money.
1: Facebook is a company and they also have stock investors to take care of. They got to show a profit. So yes, they want everybody's page to pay. So if something's doing extremely well, they'll put the pump the brakes on it and literally send a page a message that says, "Hey, you've already reached 2,000
0: people. If you'd like to reach all 10,000 people, pay this much money." Yep. And and we see that and I'm sure a lot of other pages see that, but Uh, The first step is the good content step. And it's not just per post. You have to have a a good track record in Facebook algorithm. Mm -hmm. I I like to use the term edge rank because it gives us a scoreboard name. Uh, They've gotten rid of edge rank as an official term. But basically the idea, if you've never looked at it before, your page has a lifetime track record. Yep. Your page has a lifetime score. And if you produce bad content that nobody likes... It's like if you're fishing and somebody puts a waiter on your line, you know, those big pieces of lead. Yeah. If you need yep. to get your, your lure down deep, the fish are all floating towards the top. The fish are all top feeders. They're all right under the edge of the water. You can see them. You can see you got 10,000 fish in the pond on your page because they're literally right there at the top. But every time that you produce bad content, another waiter is added to your line. So your bait is sinking deeper and deeper into the water, which means you're getting away from that big pool of fish. And if you put too many waders on it, it's just going to get down into the mud and then you're going to get stuck in seaweeds and you're never getting out. Yeah. There are some pages that I've seen before that are so bad off, you might as well blow it up and start from scratch. Oh, we've got 8,000 people on it. But only four are engaging ever. And those four are you and your family.
1: Yeah, if you got 10,000 people, but your post is only being shown to 200 and you're only getting like one reaction of any sort, whether it's a link click, uh, a share, a like, a comment, whatever, uh, you're pretty much dead in the water. Well, if you've
0: got got 8,000 and it's being shown to 200, you're at least getting eyeballs on it. Yeah. So you're still in good shape. You just need to turn the content around. Now, if you've got 8,000 people on your page and 10 or 12 are being served your content and nobody's reacting then yeah, it's time to blow it up and start from scratch. The total number of likes is not the goal. The number of engagement is your goal.
1: And that even has its own little rating system. It's like the game within the game to steal a a, a football or boxing term because each reaction and interaction with the content uh, has a different grade and is what Facebook uses to determine whether or not to share your content with more people. So uh, the kind of put it in football scores, clicking a piece of content and staying on it and viewing it sort of like a touchdown, uh, a share, sort of like a uh, field goal, uh, a, a reaction, quote-unquote, a like, heart, whatever, is like an extra point, or maybe even a safety, and then like a comment is an extra point.
0: Now, in addition to that, there are flags that can be thrown. Yo, because yeah. if you are baiting, then they will throw a flag on you. So if you do score a touchdown, but you used uh, clickbait, clickbait or vote bait, react bait, share baiting, tag baiting, comment baiting, if you do those activities, Facebook's not dumb. I mean, this is one of the most sophisticated websites in the world with thousands of people working on the algorithm every single day. Yeah. They know when you're baiting. Yes, they do. And if you bait, you can still get a great response. But But as far as your long term goes, they're not going to count that as, look, these people are producing great content. Oh,
1: yeah. Your first post might blow up. But after that, uh, it's going to be a long month or two, depending on how bad you screwed up.
0: Now, going back to the idea that there are various different forms of social media marketing and why we're circling around Facebook and why we're talking about the long term Facebook is because there might be a misconception about Facebook. Facebook is not there for sales. Mm -mm. Google is there for sales. Google is where people go when they've decided they are going to make a purchase. I mean, you, again, go all the way back to what we said, thinking about yourself. You yourself. Have you ever said, man, I really want to buy a new pair of shoes. Let me go to Facebook. No. Or do you say, man, I really want to buy a new pair of shoes, and you go to Google?
1: You go to Google or eBay. You go to where you... Places that are designed to find things for sale. And you know why you go there, where your first instinct is to make that move, to go to either eBay or Google or whatever? Because they are designed to do that. Facebook was not designed to sell you directly
0: sell you an item. Now, Facebook has adjusted that in recent times. They've added ticket sales links and that kind of thing. Mm. But the behavior model isn't there. The behavior model is not... I'm going to Facebook with the intent to buy something. That's not to say that people don't buy things off Facebook because once they're already there, they're a captive audience and they see something that triggers that sales reach. It's sort of like being in the
1: grocery store where you're at the checkout line, you got all the items you needed and all of a sudden there's that... Last-minute items sitting right like, oh, my yeah. God, there's a bottle of uh, the, the apple juice that I really like. I didn't even know they had this. And you impulse buy it right
0: there. I don't go to the grocery <laughs> store with the idea to buy Rolo's or a Hershey bar, mm-hmm. but I end up buying one because it's there at the end. Yep. So the, the, the idea is that if your sales are, are Google-based, Facebook is deep, long-term, personal marketing. Don't think about it as ROI, return on investment. That's Google. Facebook is ROR, it's return on relationship. Facebook is where you should be creating deep relationships with your end users to make them feel better about you in the long term. Now, when it comes to YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and Snapchat, those all fit the same concept. Nobody's opening Snapchat or YouTube or Instagram with the idea to buy something. Mm -hmm. they're all opening that with the idea to find entertainment and so anything that is a a block between them and the entertainment that they want to find they treat it like an ad and all of us i mean we're in we're basically in the marketing business and most people who promoters are in the marketing business and even people who are promoters of shows how many times have you seen an ad on youtube for a comic-con or for something geek related and you've clicked Skip ad. Yep. I mean, we all do it. It happens. We all know, even though we're in the same game, that we view the ads as blocking us from the content we want. So you have to blend in with that content, and especially on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and Snapchat, because those are not long-term deep relationship marketing. Those are all flash in the pan, what's happening right now marketing. Those work great for the week or two before your event. You can do long-term Instagram. We do it now, where we post some long-term pictures reminding people. That's maybe what Instagram is great for as far as promotion goes. It's a reminder marketing. It's, hey, you found us on Facebook. You found us on Google. You've been to the event. Remember how cool it was? Remember what you saw? Because that's basically what Instagram has become It's it as far as marketing goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have the option where you can pay to build an ad and link clicks and all that stuff now. but if you actually look at the numbers and how many people actually click on links and the statistics
0: and blah blah blah, you don't really get much out of it in that sense. So when you are thinking about Facebook again, there are two things if you're if you want to game the system, I guess, if you want to find uh, success quickly on Facebook, there are two things that we can recommend at least to help out in that way. Uh, groups is the new hot thing. Yep. A couple of years ago, it was events. They wanted everyone to create events, and those events were sending notifications to people. Uh, people were able to join and say they're going. You could sell tickets through it. Events are still kind of a business model for them, but they've done away with a lot of the notifications for them. They're not as uh, immersive for marketers as they used to be. Groups is now kind of that thing. Groups is sending notifications to everybody. They're they're allowing for open dialogue. Uh, they're allowing marketers to create their own groups and attach them to pages.
1: And some of the things that you get punished for on quote-unquote regular Facebook, like operating a page, they don't punish you for in the group page because they want people to be in those groups and have basically Facebook. One of their big goals is to make people feel good. And people feel good when they're interacting and getting a back and forth with things they like. So the group idea is, well, if we take the rules off a little bit, maybe
0: it'll encourage brands and people to engage more with their audience. It's a little bit of confirmation bias, but groups is the hot thing now. I'm sure these rules will change. Don't Mm. take this as the gospel moving forward because Facebook and social media always change. And quickly and very quickly. And a lot of times they don't tell anybody. Uh, The other thing that is hot right now with Facebook is videos. Mm -hmm. Videos are very hot right now. Uh, So if you have good video content, again, going back to this whole content part of it, don't create a video or create a post or do anything on social media just because you feel like you have to. If you've got good content, make a video. Absolutely. Don't just turn the camera on and start talking about something that is very niche and that only a few people are going to care about and put it on a page with 10,000 people. Don't put it on one with 5,000 people. Make sure that you are treating this as good content that people will actually be interested in seeing. And, and don't try to just create a video to then mo- pay uh, to, to boost the video just so people will see it. Like uh, that defeats the purpose. Like, we're trying to make things that make people interested in engaging with the brand. If you have to try and force them to be involved with a video, it probably wasn't the right video. And uh, once you get
1: a pattern down where you start saying, oh, this, when I do this type of stuff on video... It does better because sometimes you got to experiment to figure out what works and what doesn't work. But once you find a thing that works, Facebook will reward you for it. Yeah. And and if you get really good at it and you kind of know if you can do it live through a live video, that is the the biggest. It's like hitting the slot machine at the casino. All the bells and whistles start going off if you create a great live video.
0: And, and I want to talk a little bit about how to find out if that stuff is working in a minute. But I want to uh, mention that uh, the ideal video length right now for a Facebook video is 20 seconds to 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. So about 60 seconds is your ideal video. Uh, that's different from YouTube. So if you Google uh, how long is a good YouTube video, it'll probably tell you around 12 minutes. Uh, but Facebook isn't that way. No. And part of that has to do with how fast we react as people and this isn't just for videos, this is for picture posts, this is for uh, link posts, this is for any of your teases, the average person, according to research, shows that social media users take 1.7 seconds to decide if they're going to consume content. You have less than two seconds with whatever your piece of content is, whether it's a picture or a video or a link with a tease, they're going to look at it for less than two seconds to decide whether or not this is good content and that they care about it. Yeah. So if you write this uh, uh, 60-second story that's going to take – copy that's going to take 60 seconds to read, that first two seconds better be the best copy ever. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not making it through.
1: There's a term in the news business – well, sort of a uh, a philosophy, don't bury the lead – On Facebook, you really can't bury the lead because if you bury the most juicy, fascinating part of whatever piece of content you're putting out, uh, generally speaking, the masses of people will never see it, never know how good you did, never know that you have this great, interesting thing. So you got to lead off with with the best stuff and then work your way into the meat of it. But you, if you don't hook them quick, you're going to lose them forever.
0: It basically comes down to quality and quantity, because one of the things we haven't mentioned is that you have to post regularly.
1: Yes, consistency. And I don't mean like, well, you got to post every day at 8 p.m. That's not what I'm talking about. But consistently, uh, consistency, you got to put out good content daily. You just can't like go on a streak for three days and stop for two weeks or anything like that you got to stay consistent, whether it's three posts a day, five posts a day, whatever works best for you. And you're starting to see like, oh, people are engaging. You got to be consistent and not just
0: with the amount, but with the quality. And there, the quality is where the quantity kind of meet one another. It doesn't mean just post four quality posts within three minutes of each other.
1: Oh, yeah. You got to spread it out. Uh, there's if If you really break down the insights and analytics on a page, you can see when the most people are interacting with your content. because Facebook will also punish you if you put bad content at or uh, good content at bad times. So because they expect you to be smart enough to play the game? So if you're not playing the game, they kind of slap you across the face and call you a dummy
0: well i I mean we we think we like to kind of purpose it that way and make it feel like there's an actual person watching it, but it's still just the algorithm. Well, they yeah. know that they want they want people to stay on Facebook as long as possible. So if you're going to put good content in a spot where it's not going to help them keep people on, the algorithm's just going to say, you know, why are you wasting content?
1: Yes, it's so- a computer that's judging you. Basically, if you put up a piece of content, they give you a grade well, this is good content, it's well-written, blah, 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 blah. Uh, We're going to give it a 4.8 grade out of 5. But if you put that 4.8 post at 3 a.m. when there's two users on, Facebook looks at it and goes, these idiots are just wasting time. (laughs) Well,
0: now, now they're not actually even taking that. What they're going to look at is they're going to look at the fact that even if it's a great post content-wise and it looks good and everything, but if it's put at 5 a.m., no one's going to click on it. It ultimately comes down to the amount of engagement you have per post. So you're shooting yourself in the foot by basically wasting good content at 5 a.m. Facebook's going to look at it and go, well, there's another piece of content that only two people looked at.
1: Oh, and here's the fun part. Again, I like to talk about Facebook like it's an actual person and not basically it a, makes it easier. a bunch of computers just judging you. But if you use a piece of content, let's just say you put up that great post at 5 a.m. and and nobody saw it, so the computers punish you. You can't just go back and be like, oh, my hot time's actually Wednesday at 8 p.m. I'm going to put it up then. Because once you burn a piece of content, it's pretty much dead for
0: a couple of months. Which they track by the URL. Yep. So they watch the URL. If you overuse the same URL multiple times, Each time after the first time, it's going to be viewed as bad content. Yep. And that's going to hurt you every single time you post it. So go to Bitly or find another link changer. If you run your own website and you can repurpose the content under a different URL, do that as much as possible to get that new URL because that's what Facebook's checking. Yes. And so every time you do that, again, it's putting another weight on your bait and dropping you further into the muck.
1: And just don't think you can use and abuse Bitly or one of those other sites. Because eventually the computer, the uh, uh, system, the algorithm catches on,
0: but it extends the life of your uh, uh, content a little bit longer. Well, but and, and it's not just that they catch on to the fact you're using Bitly's. It's just that your audience, unless they're going to click on the exact same link every single time you post it, you're going to run out of people to engage with on that post, mm-hmm. and then nobody's going to engage with it, and then Facebook's going to treat it as bad content. Uh, one of the things when we're talking about quality is use great images. Yes. Make sure you've got good quality images that you're going to use. Uh, again, we got 1.7 seconds to sell somebody, and if there's a, an image being used, that 1.7 seconds, part of that's going to be spent on that picture and then a very small part of it's going to be spent on reading exactly what you're doing. Basically,
1: if it's attractive, if it looks good, if it if it is welcoming, so to speak, that's probably a good idea. Because if you start using just like generic ugly logos that you created in Microsoft Paint versus, you know, a really good high-quality image of an actual human being doing something. Something
0: from your show yep. or a celebrity that's coming. Uh, or, or some kind of quality image that makes people, that, that interests you. Again, a lot of this has to do with w- would you, and, and don't get caught in the trap of, this is what I like, so therefore everyone likes it. It's not necessarily about what you like, but think about the way that you behave when you don't have your marketing cap on. When you've got your just, you know, waking up and, and checking Facebook at 7 a.m., how do you behave? How do you look at this? And if it's a piece of content that you would think to yourself, well, I'm going to scroll right past that. It's more about what not to do than I have to do this because I like it. I can't do this because I know that I wouldn't click on this.
1: Yeah, it's it's like playing a psychologist. You're trying to get in the heads of people and figure out their behaviors. Now, there are tools. There are, are, you know, analytics. There's insights, all this stuff that you can look at. But basically, if it's something that would make you feel good, it makes other people feel good. And that's the exact type of content you're trying to create.
0: And I'm glad that you mentioned insights because that's something that I think a lot of people with pages aren't looking at. They might not even know it exists. Oh, God. Facebook is giving you the roadmap. They're telling you literally exactly what to do to make your page better because ultimately they want more people to stay on. So they want your content to keep people on their website. Absolutely. So they're going to tell you. In the insights tab, which if you've never gone and looked at it, go look at it because it tells you your best times. It tells you your best content, tells you what kind of reach you had. Look, it's a very
1: busy page. If you just hop in the insights, you know, for the first time, I would suggest Googling them. So you kind of have a roadmap to know what you're looking at. But literally answers to to the questions you are trying to figure out are right there. They give them to you. You just kind of got to know what you look at. I, I mean, you know. My job literally is running our websites, right? I spend probably three hours a week minimum going through all the analytics, all the data, all the Facebook insights to see what's working, what's not working, what we can improve. Oh, this type of stuff at this time works great. Not so much over here. Like I have a notepad that I fill up with
0: things I find in the Facebook insights. And everyone has access to them. They're free. You don't have to pay for it. You you get access. If you've got a page, you get to see it. Um, and that's, even if you don't have that, there are still some basic things to keep in mind. The best times to post on Facebook are Wednesday, 9am to 4pm and Thursday, 10am to 3pm. So if you've got a big, crazy guest announcement that you want to make on your page, maybe do it in one of those Mm timeframes. Uh, what that is basically saying, it's not saying don't post any other time, but be weary about posting at 2am, 3am, 4am, 5am. And honestly, the weekends... They're not, in most cases, the overall Facebook information. There's not as many people on Facebook over the weekend. So you could be wasting content on the weekends that's going to hurt you overall. And you know what? Going back to
1: Facebook wanting people on their sites, they started doing something new that even if you have no idea how to use insights, if you go to make a post or s- click schedule every once in a while, you know why? Because Facebook will take the hottest time and day of your page when, they, when you get the most interactions and tell you, hey, why don't you put this content up at this time on this day? Because this is your hottest time.
0: Now, <clears throat> we're talking about Facebook because it is the best driver Of the social medias.
1: But that doesn't mean ignore everything else. Right. Again, this is don't put all your eggs in one basket because you're going to miss people. Uh, Twitter, while it may not be a link driver, so to speak, a traffic driver, people still look at it and be like, oh, uh, Ming Chen is coming to GeekCon. That's cool. I'm going to hit it or retweet. It's one of those things where it's not necessarily getting people to click the link. But people will look at it, and in that two seconds, they have to decide whether they like it or not. They will
0: share it with other people who will also look at it for two seconds and share it with their friends. It's a – Twitter is a good uh, branching out resource. It's almost like the word of mouth of social media.
1: Yes, it is a very, uh, uh, you know, news travels like wildfire type thing where if you have a really good piece of content that you can condense
0: and put it in a a, uh, very short form – It will do wonders for you. It's it's basically a it is a news social platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, When breaking news happens, people go to Twitter. It's not really a hey, come to our show type Twitter. It's a this big thing's happening. And if other people care, they start to retweet it. The retweets are what matter there. Uh, Instagram, like I said, is more of like a reminder social platform. Like, hey, don't forget this is happening. Hey, check this out. This cool thing's happening. Snapchat really, nobody wants to be marketed to on Snapchat. That's not what that platform is about in any way.
1: No, that's more Um, of a fun, if you have, like, let's just say you have an office and fun stuff's happening. That's a great thing to take little snapshots of for
0: Snapchat, but not really a... But uh, as far as the users go, the users there are looking for pretty much one thing in particular. Uh, And if you're not going to show that on your premium (laughs) Snapchat, uh, you really have no space there. Uh, YouTube is great as far as consistent marketing goes. Cause you can, if you do YouTube, right. Which you, just buying YouTube straight off YouTube is not the best way to go. Uh, like our company can sell targeted YouTube. That's how you want to do YouTube. Um, Again, what,
1: unless you have like a very engaging, like in your free time, uh, you're like a big time Twitch slash gamer type guy. You can put that up on your YouTube channel. That doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your show but it's engaging. It's something that your fans would be into. So that might be a way to drive engagements and get people to look at your other stuff.
0: But I just want to note for everybody who realizes that we're going longer than probably Mm -hmm. normal. This will probably be our longest episode ever. There's just way too much information here because we've still got stuff to get out. And then we want to talk about video game movies. So yeah, this is, this is going to be our longest episode. ever. (laughs) Um, To this point, I'm sure there will be something that will set us off down the road. Something down the road. Uh, But what I wanted to ultimately get to here with this Facebook conversation, Facebook is deep marketing. It is the best because it is the best of the social media marketing. It's the most engaging social platform because of the relationships that can be built through Facebook. It's the reason that Facebook is being called into uh, congressional hearings. It's the reason that Facebook is being uh, called not just in the U.S., but in other countries. Why Facebook leaders are being called on by governments because Facebook has become so immersive in day-to-day life. Facebook long-term long-term marketing is something that if you're going to put all your eggs in your basket on Facebook, and I know some of these people who, oh, well, we just do Facebook advertising. Okay, well, are you doing what needs to be done on Facebook? I go back to the idea that you need to do traditional marketing and a shotgun approach. Do some digital, do some regular Whether that's radio, billboards, print advertising, you gotta do that and you gotta do digital. And I would start with the traditional before I really even got deep into digital because the places that you have the ability to really pay to advertise, Facebook and YouTube, people aren't going there to buy things. So paying for those type of things is really, you're not gonna see an ROI. You're not gonna see a return on that investment. You can see a return on the relationship which can lead to a sales conversion down the road, but you're not gonna guarantee that you're gonna see a dollar-for-dollar return on social media. Because it is such a deep marketing term, you're going to need to have six to nine months of Facebook budget to be able to make the kind of dent that you're looking for. That means you need to figure out how much it's gonna cost to push one to two good posts a day over the course of six to nine months. If you're gonna put all your eggs in that basket, you got to have a lot of money ready to go on Facebook.
1: Well, not just money. You have to have an actual solid plan.
0: Yeah, you it, have to have a plan and then be able to pay for that plan. Yeah, I mean, it's Facebook, if you do it
1: right, can do wonders for you. But if you just kind of half-ass have an idea, well, I'll just pay for Facebook, it's not going to work. You have to have a legitimate plan with legitimate
0: content with a legitimate direction. Now, if you sit down and you figure out, we have a plan, we want to use just Facebook. Our goal is to just use Facebook. Then figure out how much you're going to have to put into two posts a day, and then multiply that over six to nine months. And when you get that number and you see how big that number is, decide whether or not that entire number should be spent just on Facebook, or if you should cut that up and do a shotgun approach, traditional media and Facebook. Because I'm sure when you get that number and see how much money you're going to give to Mark Zuckerberg, you might want to rethink how big that number is. You can make that number smaller. That number can come down. That would be the number if you were just exclusively doing Facebook. That number comes down when you start to spread it around. Because even though there are 71% of adults that are using Facebook daily, there's still 30% of people out there aren't touching Facebook. And you will never reach them. If you put all your eggs in that Facebook basket, you literally cannot reach 30% of American adults if you just do Facebook.
1: Yeah. All, all right. factually accurate. And, and, you know, I know we've said this a bunch. It's probably like de- beating a dead horse at, at this point. But don't make bad content and don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because if you do one piece of bad content – it could derail that beautiful yeah. plan you spent months putting together and blew all this money on. So um, that's why I always tell people if you're actually going to go all in on the Facebook project, probably hire a digital media consultant to help you out. Which, Unless, which
0: again, will cost how much money? Yeah. <laughs>
1: but, I mean, if you're going to do that, if you're going to go all in, don't half-ass it because as soon as you do,
0: you're going to screw yourself up. And you have to be really careful with uh, – If you do hire one of those people, it has to be someone that you trust, because I've seen a lot of these social media gurus running around who have no comprehension of what it is they're doing. Yeah, Uncle Bob uh, probably is not your first choice here. I've seen people in social media management roles who don't even have a Facebook page for themselves. Oh, me too. (laughs) And that did not go well. All right. We again, this is going to be the longest episode ever because we still have a whole other topic to get to. Uh, this is actually on the GeekedCon app right now. You can go see this post. We are not going to review all of them. I'm just going to go through the top 10 here. All right. So if you want to pull up your GeekCon app on your phone, I've got my GeekCon app open right now. Oh, uh, we are looking at the... the What is the name of this post? actually?
1: Every video game movie ranked from worst to best.
0: Now, we didn't create this. Our, our team created mm. this. Uh, so we personally cannot be held responsible for the order of these movies in fact that's why we're going to talk about it because you and i both don't agree on number one here we don't agree on the order of these uh and i'm not going to go through this was a terrible movie (laughs) sorry i'm I'm just scrolling through to get the number one it's like i'm not going to go review all of them and say this should be in this spot uh because that would take a long time you know how i am with lists i just want to go through the top 10 and say this one probably shouldn't be there we should probably move this one out. This probably should be higher on the list. This should be number one t- type of thing. So let's start with number 10 on the list. Again, you can follow along on the GeeksCon mobile app. Number 10 is the 2002 film Resident Evil. See, I think that's like one, probably one of,
1: if not the best, Resident Evil movie and probably one of the best video game movies ever
0: made. Based on what else is on this list, I actually agree with you. This uh, one should be in uh, top five at minimum maybe even consideration for top three.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that, it was just a... I remember when that came out, thinking, finally, they didn't screw up a video game, which at that point was, uh, you know, you get Mario Brothers, the movie, which was, as much as I love it for its cheesiness, was god-awful.
0: And And I know that a lot of people will argue that Resident Evil may not have followed the Resident Evil movie storyline, but I'm going to say right now, as we start to get into this, there's no way a movie could follow a video game storyline and be a successful movie. Uh, It's the same reason that comic book movies don't follow the comic book story verbatim because any comic book reader or any video game player would then know exactly what's going to happen in the movie.
1: Yeah. You're just regurgitating content for one and B, unless you know the universe as a just general public guy, uh, you're probably going to be lost
0: if you just stick to, well, it's this story arc from this video game. You're going to take the source material, and you're going to adapt it for a wide item.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, number nine on the list, Resident Evil Afterlife. This was the 2010 Resident Evil. We'll get to other Resident Evils. I didn't realize how long this franchise actually lasted. Jesus. Uh, I a- knew they made a ton of them. There's a ton of Resident Evil movies just in the top ten. Yes, there is. Uh, so the original Resident Evil, 2002... Afterlife at number nine was 2010. Let's just jump right to number eight. Resident Evil: The Final Chapter was 2016, 14 years after the original (laughs) Resident Evil.
1: And then you got uh, at number five Resident Evil Retribution from 2012.
0: We'll get there. I'm just I'm amazed by all the Resident Evil movies. Sorry. All right, let's since we got more to say about Resident Evil, let let us (laughs) jump to number seven. Sonic the Hedgehog, the brand new movie, comes in at number seven on the list. I think they should be higher. I haven't seen the movie yet, but knowing that the movie is good, I want to give them bonus points for listening to fans. You, uh, last week, were very, very upset about caving to fans.
1: Well, there's a smart way to do it, and there's a dumb way to do it.
0: Warner Brothers does it the dumb way. And this Sonic the Hedgehog movie did it the smart way, which is why I wanted to bring that back up. When the trailer for this Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out, the Sonic render looked ridiculously terrible. It was terrifying. It was was like, it was like cats, the movie terrifying. (laughs) And when the audience revolted and said, this is horrifying, please fix this. The studio actually pulled the movie back, lost a ton of money and redid the animation of the character to re-release the movie. It looks a lot better now. And I think they should get bonus points for actually doing that.
1: Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that because again, going back to the Harley Quinn conversation, Warner Brothers freaks out and caves to fans after the fact, after they've already poo-pooed the bed, so to speak. And then they change their entire plan for down the road. The movies aren't the problem sometimes, buddy. It's the way you market them. People might have
0: went and saw a Harley Quinn movie if, you know, you featured her in the freaking commercial. Or if the title of the movie was Harley Quinn. If we all knew that this was a Harley Quinn movie, people uh, would have went to see it. People uh-huh. have no comprehension Birds of Prey. Even on social media, they were like, oh, well... Uh, birds of Prey are carnivorous birds. Oh, yeah. We literally, that was something <laughs> that somebody commented on my page. Again, we're going <laughs> through uh, our list on the GeekCon app of the best video game movies of all time. You can find this uh, and, and read along for yourself. Number six, Detective Pikachu. Hmm. Uh, I know the kids love this one. It is basically their generation's version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, Ryan Reynolds can make any movie tolerable. And <laughs> I, I mean I, that 100%. I for- I've i seen
1: Green Lantern. I don't think that's true.
0: No, Green Lantern was tolerable only because of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. If anyone else is in that role instead of Ryan Reynolds, nobody makes it through 40 minutes of that movie.
1: I don't think I've ever made it to the end.
0: People will watch that movie start to finish. I know I did. Only because Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Wolverine Origins. X-Men Wolverine Origins.
1: Never made it through that one either.
0: That was even as bad of what they did to Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool at the end of that one. He made the movie tolerable. Uh, This Detective Pikachu movie is a good movie, and Ryan Ryan Reynolds makes it better. So let's get to the highest-rated Resident Evil movie on this list, since you really want to talk Resident Evil. Number five, Resident Evil Retribution from 2012. Uh, It it was one of those movies... uh, that was in that 3D. Oh yeah, back in the
1: mid two th- uh, 2010s when everything was 3D.
0: They started to release a lot of 3D <coughs> movies, and apparently the 3D technology worked really well for this movie in theaters. I'm trying to remember if I saw this in theaters. I don't I- think I did. I think I I was really shocked actually to see that there was a resin I thought the Resident Evil movies all wrapped up before 2010. Oh no, dude! There and I- I've I've probably seen some of these. On DVD and Blu-ray after the fact or streaming movies, but I didn't realize they were were made like 2012,
1: 2016. Yeah, I think the last one they made might have been 2016 or 2017, like the end
0: just happened. Yeah, that was uh, that one's on the list here in the top 10. That was uh, the final chapter in 2016, which is still, quote unquote, the final chapter. There's no telling. Resident Evil will never die. No No pun intended. And yeah, this zombie movie is going to be a zombie forever. Uh, because you could restart the whole thing again. It's source material. Well, so as long as you have zombies and the Umbrella Corporation, you can make how many
1: movies? God, they've made a dozen already, and probably could make a dozen more with barely trying.
0: And you could, you could even because you haven't even touched really the actual source material. You could go all the way back to like Resident Two
1: with the actual characters from the video game and tell their story and the story of the original do umbrella. the mansion
0: do yeah. like all the cutscenes as an actual movie. So there could be life. To this franchise still. Uh, number four on the list. I, I, It probably should be in the top ten based on everything else that's on here. I just I really didn't like this movie even when I was a kid. I liked the original more than I liked the sequel. Mortal Kombat from 1995 in at number four. Um, I haven't watched this movie since I was a kid. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should go back and watch it now and I'll have a better appreciation for it. But I just, I was such a Street Fighter Mortal Kombat kid, loved those games, and was way hyped. I mean, the marketing campaign I can remember was on point.
1: Well, the soundtrack, though, what was that? Mortal Kombat, like the soundtrack of that was
0: everywhere for like a good two years. Still, I still hear it on like uh, meme videos and stuff. Yeah. You'll never escape that. Uh, Number three on the list. It, this is the most loosely of loose based on a video game movie that you can possibly even consider. I don't know how it made it to number three rampage from 2018 with Dwayne, the rock Johnson. I enjoyed it ish, but do you remember the rampage video? game? Oh yeah. I still play it. What did that movie have to do with that rampage video game? Uh, very little, but there were monsters destroying a city. I mean, in the loosest of loose terms, this was a video game
1: movie. But but to be fair, to be, be fair, uh, Rampage, the video game,
0: had little to no story, so they had to create something. This That is true, but I just, I don't, I don't like it being that high at, at number three. I, I'm, I'm fine with it maybe in the top 15, maybe even the top 10 if we really tore this apart. <laughs> but getting to number two, this is the movie to me that should be number one. This should be number one on the list, and I know there are people who hate this movie, and they hate it for various reasons, but I know there are people who absolutely love this movie. I'm one of them. I love this film in the same way that I love Constantine.
1: It was extremely well done.
0: I know you have problems with the movie Constantine because of the, the variance from the source material, which there are issues with this movie and the source material in that way, but just like the Resident Evil movies, as long as you have the basic concept, you can build a movie around that basic concept. The movie we're talking about at number two is Silent Hill from 2006. This movie to me, I went to the theater to see this. I was jacked about a Silent Hill movie coming out, and I was not disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it
1: was a really solid movie. I I do as well believe that this should be one or two, but definitely not second to what's number one on this list.
0: I'm trying to read what their justification is here of why it's at number two. Uh... Wait a second, I just read the write-up
1: for number one, and I want to smack whoever wrote this article. Well, we can probably find
0: him and chase him down. The best video game movie to date isn't that great. How well, is the that? Why, then why is it number one on exactly. your list? Exactly. So, so number one on the list is 2016's Assassin's Creed. Uh, This was, uh, what's his name? It was Magneto, right? Uh, I thought it was Jake Gyllenhaal. Was it Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, no, wait, he was in the Prince of Persia
1: movie. Yeah. Maybe this was Magneto.
0: I don't. Yeah, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Magneto was in this movie. And, and I there's no way that this movie stacks up to Silent Hill. Silent Hill is the greatest video game movie ever made. I again, I don't know if that's true, but it, OK, well, you've got all of them in front of you right now. Are you going to scroll up on this and find one to challenge it? I d- I like I'll, the go original. S- I'll go start scrolling up here and see if I can find something to challenge.
1: It. All I know is Assassin's Creed should not be number one or no. number two or probably even number probably three, even four or, or five.
0: 10. Yeah. I mean, I could go back down. I'm looking further down this list now. I'm at 18 now.
1: The Lara Croft, the original Tomb Raider movie wasn't bad. The second, like the new reboot of the uh, Tomb Raider movies wasn't bad. Hitman, that was kind of terrible. Max Payne Doom. was pretty terrible. There you
0: go. Doom is way down this list. It's at twenty six. It was the movie that uh, another one that The Rock was in. I really thought Doom was a solid movie based on the source material. Yeah, I, uh, it's definitely. It should be much higher. It's it's a top ten movie, if not top five.
1: <laughs> the Double Dragon movie. Double
0: Dragon. Yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with moving that further up the list too. Even though it was kind of a, you know, B movie yeah, trash. But whatever. It it it's better than most of what's on. Holy this list. crap!
1: They made a Far Cry movie.
0: Uh, there's no way that you can find any of these films and put them above Silent Hill. Silent Hill is the best video game movie of all time. I'm I'm upset. Not upset, but this being on our uh, app is kind of concerning to me. <laughs> Matt Singer is the one that we got to find. We can go call him in a minute and we'll, uh, we'll give him a, a strongly worded conversation. Um, but I think that's it. Uh, that's it for today. The longest uh, podcast we've ever done. Oh, you got something else? Before we get out of here, before we get out of here, buddy, we got to talk about all of our
1: recent guest announcements. We've cranked out like two or three of them since our last podcast.
0: Yeah. Um, now Which, you're
1: by ma- the way, by the way, folks, if you don't have the GeekCon app, you're missing out on some great content, including guest announcements that whenever we get uh, a wild hair, we just throw in the app and send out like three or four days before we plan to actually make the announcement.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we actually have, uh, I think... Three times now?
1: Yeah. Where we just were like, hey, you know, since it's already out now, we we saw the trailer for the new My Hero Academia movie we're like, hey, we got a guest that we haven't announced yet. Let's just put
0: it out now. So last night we did announce J. Michael Tatum uh, from My Hero Academia on the uh, app first. So if you've downloaded the app, you got that news first and it went live uh, to our Facebook page this morning. Uh, well, at the time of the recording, I don't know when you're listening to this. Uh, and then last week on Valentine's Day, we sent out a Valentine's Day gift on the app. We announced Scout Taylor Compton, best known as Lori Strode from Rob Zombie's Halloween franchise. She yep. was also Lita Ford in The Runaways. Uh, she was in uh, the show Charmed and 13 Going on 30. And she is basically a modern day scream queen. She has appeared in a ton of uh, recent horror movies. Mighty Fetching and Mighty Talented. And then uh, I think the last, I don't remember if Josh Grell got into the uh, the last podcast or not, but Josh I don't Grell so. also from My Hero Academia. So uh, within the last three, two to three weeks, we've announced two My Hero Academia guests. Uh, and then we've got, when's the next one?
1: Well, since I think we jumped the gun on one,
0: so I'm no, not I, I sure really where I don't we know are if we did or not. I think uh, next Wednesday, which would be the 26th, I think we have two guest announcements to make in one day. Ooh. We might make both of them on the app at the same time and then uh actually I'm not sure how we're going to do that cuz two in one day, we haven't really talked about the app how that's going to work.
1: A- and the way we've been going, we might send it out like saturday and put it on facebook on monday or whatever you never know
0: basically download the app you will get all of the information all of the news not just with the guests tickets go on sale when new information hits about the show we'll be able to send it directly to everybody on their mobile device so if you download the app you're going to get every piece of news you'll never miss anything
1: and occasionally if we find something in the uh office that we want to get rid of we call uh quote-unquote clearing out the vault uh it's mostly I don't have room for this crap anymore, so let's get rid of it. That's
0: that's not true at all. Don't lie to the people. We have a bunch of prizes set aside specifically well, to give away on the app.
1: I mean, th- but we literally found the box of stuff. It was
0: like, uh, we need to get rid of this. Yeah, so uh, last uh, so week. So it's a mix. I mean, what did we give away last week? We gave uh, away an autographed Gil Gerard poster from behind his uh, booth at GeekCon.
1: We gave away two loot crates. Uh, we gave away uh, an autograph, autograph, eight ten,
0: from LeVar Burton and Richard Brake, and Richard Brake, uh, the Night King from Game of Thrones, who was also, by the way, we just talked about the Doom movie. Richard Brake was in that Doom movie with The Rock. Yes, he
1: was. Um, and I want to no, that was the time before when we were cleaning out your office and we found a bunch of stuff that we gave away. So
0: we've given away a lot of stuff, and there will be more to give away. So if you haven't downloaded the app yet, do it now, and tell all your friends to do it too, because they could win, uh, and then end up giving you the prizes. Uh, last thing I guess to throw out there is if you are in the Shreveport area or region, we have a partnership coming up with our lucky team, the Shreveport Mudbugs. Yes. Uh, puck wars is coming up on March 6th and 7th. Dun, 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 dun. It is, uh, we can say it. I mean, it's, it's basically a star Wars theme night of hockey two nights. Uh, and we will have prizes there. There are special, uh, specialty puck wars jerseys, that not only will the players be wearing you'll be able to buy after the game on saturday and you can buy replica hockey jersey hoodies yes in the which store. are awesome uh and and we've also got prizes to give away uh including some star wars prizes so it's gonna be a really big weekend march 6th and 7th we have details uh we've created facebook events for them and
1: you can find it on the app download the app if you're listening to this Go to Google Play. Go to the Apple Store. Go to Spotify. Go to wherever you get uh, your your, your uh, well, not Spotify, but wherever you uh, <laughs> wherever. You
0: just you- yelled at me a couple of weeks ago for screwing that up, and now you screwed up. Well, I'm just trying to think of all the places you
1: can download apps because we're in all of them. Hit them up, get your stuff, and learn about GeekCon and the GeekCon universe, you animals.